skeptical about custom beauty, honestly, y'all, I totally get it. My feed is flooded with customize this and personalize that, all promising, you know, to fix all of our beauty, hair, and skin problems. Truthfully, I was so skeptical when I saw this brand, but I'm a total believer now. When pros says custom, they actually mean it. Their products are no gimmicks, and your formula couldn't exist without you. Each and every bottle of Pro's custom hair care and skin care is made to order and personalized with unique blends of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. And they get personal. Pros covers everything from your concerns to diet, exercise, and stress levels to uncover what's impacting your hair and skin health. Did you know, for example, that Minneapolis has like weirdly hard water, which apparently was affecting my hair? So like some of the ingredients that they put into my hair care was to like deal with the fact that we have hard water. Wow. I love that. They also asked me things like, you know, because I have had a baby recently, like, am I still breastfeeding? What are my hair goals? And I also really appreciated they asked like, how much effort do you want to put into your hair? Yeah, <laughs> because like I'm at the point, you know, I used to let, yeah, I used to do those, you know, put effort into my appearance, but now it's like, I just want to be able to walk out of the door without feeling self-conscious. Um, I, this is truly such a genuine endorsement. So I've really enjoyed using these products. But don't just take our word for it. In a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised control clinical trial, this is like the gold standard of all of these trials, Pros proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering our listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash just break up. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash just break up for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas, pros.com slash justbreakup. Welcome to Just Break Up! The podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. <laughs> This week, we're going to tackle topics like unrequited love. Oh, fuck it. The injustice of dating and the rainbow on the other side of this shit pot called life. Mm. <laughs> but before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we don't know what we're doing. No, we are not professionals. We are not trained in this. No. We have been doing it for a year, but you know. <laughs> have we gotten any better? Who's to say? Technically, I do think so. Um, but. I feel like I've done lots of things poorly for a year, <laughs> so I don't think that says anything about us, um, but this is all to say that we are not professionals. We're, please take our advice as you see fit. We are just humans being sloppy, just as you are being humans being sloppy out in the world. <laughs> So please take our advice as you see fit. We're just here to offer our humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. Welcome to episode 54, our first live show! 
started this podcast yeah. and um, you were like, I'm just going to stare at you the whole time. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. And Sam really does. <laughs> Sam really keeps an intense level of eye contact throughout the whole episode. And I'm going to need that today. Great. Yeah. So if you want to just like position know, your right? body to like, me. Okay. Yeah. This Perfect. is different. Who are these people? I don't even, I don't know that. <laughs> these are the thoughts in my head. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. So this is fucking insane yeah no it's crazy there are so many people here yes can i just get a quick shout out is there anybody um from out of state tell me where you're from illinois come on illinois where else wisconsin amazing anybody else mexico (laughs) (laughs) all right all right all right canada amazing Okay, that's wild. Okay, cool. Um, is anybody from the state of Minnesota, not Minneapolis? <laughs> Who drove the farthest? Did Saint Paul. Saint Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Fifteen minutes. All right, cool. All right. Um, let's get into this. So first, we're going to talk about how insane it is to do a live podcast. Yeah, no, it's weird. Um, I, I honestly wish we were back at Spencer's house. <laughs> so Sam's cool. over here like pacing and sweating. and His chairs are so much more comfortable than I these ones. I know, but we are really grateful for Honey. I'm going to give a lot of thanks um, in a little bit, but I think I just want to like get into the good stuff. Um, uh, the first thing I want to say, though, before I get into the good stuff is something great, yeah. which is I really want to thank... Like, I want you all to make a lot of noise for our producer, Big Cats, right now. He, um, not only, not only did Big Cats do our work for free for the first six months, he gave us all of his expertise as an artist, you know, to, to share your resources and expertise. That's such a generous thing to do. And, um, and he's a badass producer and he's one of our closest friends and I just love him so much and I want to give him some love tonight because he doesn't always get it. So give it up for Big Cats one more time. want to thank say thank you i know blythe shouted her out but i want to say thank you to kezia who did the backdrop it's amazing if you guys get a chance after the show go up and look at it and take pictures and tag kezia um we'll post them later on our on our instagram but if you can see they're all funny um titles from our bizarre title episodes and i was the only time i got nervous today was when i was looking at the picture that kezia sent me of this like mock-up yeah and i was like awesome it looks so cool and then down in the corner it says little tiny boner in my heart which was an episode in like and then i remembered that sam's mother is gonna be here hi mom (laughs) so yeah so that's great yeah Mm -hmm. Sue, you can just black out for the next hour. That'd be great. (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah, so um, we're going to, I want to talk maybe in between the letters about our, or maybe we should talk about the sponsors now. Sure. Okay, so I'm going to shout out the sponsors really quickly, um, or partners, we can say. First of all, over at the merch table, and y'all, 
listening on the internet, I'm sorry, but you're just going to have to pretend that you're in the room with us. Please do, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but over on the merch table, we have free stuff from To Write Love on Our Arms, which is a nationally renowned um, nonprofit dedicated to presenting hope and finding help for people struggling with depression, addiction, self-injury, and suicide. We also have free resources and information from Tubman, which is a local multi-service nonprofit um, and shelter here in the Twin Cities um, that serves people, um, community members facing trauma, and including relationship violence, sexual assault, exploitation, homelessness, addiction, and mental health challenges. They really are like a huge umbrella of services. I had had the pleasure of interning and working for them in years past, and uh, they just offer a really amazing full continuum of support. And um, I really encourage you to get their resources to check out if you need help, but also if you want to give help. They're a really great organization to volunteer at and finally guys we got sponsored by bumble (laughs) (laughs) that's what you guys don't get to see in the audio recording is me air humping um so uh we had a fantastic partnership with bumble who gave us a bunch of free shit um now that the show is in the post show happening like once the show's over please take all of the free stuff off of the table we don't want to go home with any of it we got it for you all and if even if there's less leftover resources um like from tubman or to write love in our arms take them and put them places we're here to spread information spread access to resources um and they don't do any good in my closet so that is very true i didn't do well in the closet either Good one. Thank Good one, you. Sierra. That was, easy, that was the joke we were all looking homo for. Joke. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, oh, and please tip your bartenders. Order generously. Sam and I are going to sip on this very slowly. Um, I bet I'm going to get to here by the end. Not that I don't want to drink, but because we get a little uh, loosey-goosey. Yeah, our, our words tend to slur, and that's not great when you so are reporting morals, a podcast. So do my morals, really. <laughs> um, yeah, do you want to get fucking into this fucking... Yeah, I guess so. Shebang, shebang. Let's do this. How are you feeling? Good? It, it, I think it feels a little surreal. No, it's weird. Um, oh, hashtag Just Break Up Live. We are not recording this, and a lot of people listen to us from far away, so if you take little snippets, please tag us in them, and I'll share them for the people who can't be here tonight. Yeah. Word? Cool. And obviously, I know that in a podcast world, you can turn off the podcast when you're feeling a little overwhelmed or maybe triggered or uncomfortable, but you won't hurt our feelings if you want to get up and take a step out to take care of yourself. We want to promote all that sort of self-care. Absolutely. But you are also in a space of extreme uh, support and radical self-love and the best growth happens in discomfort. So uh, we hope you'll stick around with us. There's not a lot of triggering stuff in here. No, no. Hopefully not. Okay. (laughs) Other than like, I don't know, heartbreak and yeah, life. For sure. Like assholes, mostly. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah. like a lot of assholes in these. I am triggered by that. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to get rid of Okay. Oh, my God. Are you guys ready? I love you, Sam, so much. <laughs> you dragged we looking... me up on this stage. <laughs> I know. I know. Sam's like, what did you do to me? <laughs> All right. So let's get into our letters let's for our live show. This first... Oh, by the way, we have two Minneapolis letters. So you don't have to tell us who you are, but if you're here, I'm sorry. Wouldn't that be wild if you I were know. like, I bought tickets to the live show, and then they read my fucking letter? We have two two letters from you 612ers. So, okay. 
the this person is named XO, mm. and they're writing from the middle of nowhere. I thought I had two Minneapolis letters. Am I tripping? You are tripping. <laughs> <laughs> there is one Minneapolis letter. <laughs> Super professional. That's yeah. what we are. Okay. Yeah, I'm tripping. All right. Uh, this person is XO, and they're writing from the middle of nowhere. Hi, Sam and Sierra. First, just wanted to say I also met my best friend while we were both working as baristas. No, no. That's our thing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, other people can't have that. Hold my hand. Touch okay. me. Okay. Um, I strongly believe that this is the best way to meet your best friend. I admit I'm biased. Also, I'm a Gemini. Also our thing. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, which strongly believe that this is the best. Oh, no, wait. I'm messing up. This is what we do when we're... You don't have to edit this, Spencer, but in real life, we mostly don't edit the whole podcast except for when we fuck up reading the letters and we just go, sorry, Spencer. Sorry. Sorry. You're amazing. We sorry, love you so much. Sorry. We love you. You're very you. attractive and talented. Sorry. We're so awful. Yeah. Okay. I'm also a Gemini, which um, I strongly believe is the best astrological sign to be. I'm biased in this regards as well. Everybody rolls their eyes in the audience. We know you hate Geminis. <laughs> anyway... Now that this is out of the way, thank you so much for all that you do. Uh, there are so many points in my life where I wish this podcast had existed. Mostly, I'm just glad that it exists now. Aww. A little background to my question. I'm in my late 20s, single, and identify as bisexual, although I've dated mostly cis men. I live in a fairly small community, not a city, which makes it hard for me to meet people I'm interested in. Lately, it feels like I've, I'm, I've already met everyone there is to meet in my area. As someone who, with social anxiety, dating apps aren't really my thing. I've met a few people through friends who have tried to push things in a romantic direction. I have fun hanging out with them, but I'm not romantically or sexually attracted to them in the least bit. I found myself having to have the let's just be friends conversation twice in the past month. Mm. I've been single now for just about a year. I ended my last relationship of just over a year after it became stagnant and unfulfilling. It was definitely the right choice, and I took the time to focus on myself and my needs, and with the help of ther therapy, yay therapy, I've reached the point where I feel ready to and I want to date again, but meeting someone I am attracted to and compatible with is turning out to be a struggle. Amen. <laughs> uh, part of me knows that I am happy, healthy, whole, as is, and knows the pressure to find a partner isn't real, but as I approach 30, I'm beginning to feel the pressure acutely. It feels like everyone I am actually attracted to and seemingly compatible with is already happily partnered, which brings me to my problem. The reason I am writing you, I start, recently started a new job at a restaurant, and uh, sorry, Spencer. <laughs> I recently started a new job at a restaurant, which so far is pretty stressful and not great with one exception. I'll call him X. Mm. <laughs> not EX, the letter X. Um, X is... X is so funny and so kind and has been a calm and supportive presence as I struggle through the various mistakes and embarrassments that come with uh, being at a new job. We banter back and forth in ways that feel flirtatious. From day one, something just clicked, and I look forward to see him, seeing him whenever we work together, and I'm so attracted to him. The problem? X is in a committed, monogamous relationship. Recently... <laughs> Pick this fucking letter. 
Recently, I am overwhelmed. I overheard him mention to a regular customer that he plans to propose to his girlfriend within the year. Okay, Jerry Springer, calm down. I know that in my heart of hearts that nothing can or will happen between us. And in reality, I have no interest in acting on a crush if it would mean hurting someone else or ruining their relationship. But part of me can't help wondering what could have possibly been if we had met at a different time in our lives. And another more shameful part of me can't help wondering if there's a chance his seemingly healthy and happy relationship will implode and there will be finally a chance for us after all. I feel awful even thinking that way. It just sucks to finally meet someone I feel attracted to and compatible with only to realize nothing can happen between us. It occupies my thoughts a lot recently and I feel so conflicted and gross. At least at, at least as long as I work this job, I will continue to see X and be in close proximity to him on a nearly daily basis. I guess my question is, how do I let go of that crush that can never be? What do I do with these feelings I know I can never act on? Thanks again for everything y'all do. Heart emoji. Aww. <laughs> this is, I'm obsessed with this. <laughs> it's so cute. All right, XO, thank you so much for writing. Um, I'm pretty grateful for your honesty because I know that this is um, an experience that brings up a lot of emotions and a lot of shame. Um, I know for a fact that there are going to be people in the audience being like, uh-uh, cannot go anywhere near that man. Mm -hmm. But please raise your hand if you've been in a similar similar situation. Yeah, okay, I oh, see, shit. like, it's all like these hands. everyone? Yeah, I'll put up both of my hands yeah, right. for that no, one. Yeah, right, seriously. And also, we know that the ones that didn't raise their hands are actually lying. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Liars. No, but unrequited love is awful. Like, it's like being in love with someone that you know that you can't have and someone who is also like happy in another relationship that could be you, but it's not, is like the worst feeling in the world. There are particular shades of pain yeah. <laughs> when talking about unrequited love. There's the unrequited love of like, they're not with anybody and they're just toying with you like a dead. Um, yeah. Like a mouse with yeah, a cat with a mouse. Totally. Yeah. Just like batting you around. And then there's the version where they're with someone and that cat is like, um, I don't know, has a really nice life in a mansion <laughs> and you're a tiny little orphan mouse and you live outside and you're like, please play with please me. Please let me in. Please. Yeah. Please play with my corpse. Yeah. Um, so yes, XO, we just want to first say this sucks. It does. So much. Yep. And you're not a bad person. In fact, I would argue that humans, that this is just what humans have is like yeah. complicated feelings and then, sure. then the true head and heart work is like doing the right thing through them you know or, or having the tools to make the right decision absolutely you can't control your feelings or how you feel about people like it's about the the way that you act on those feelings that is important so like yeah. you can't help the fact that you are in love with your coworker, right like we all have crushes that we don't like but yeah but what can you do to i mean the fact that you're not acting on it i think is really important Yes. I wonder, though, um, I do want to say, though, uh, like, I think you're right. You can't control this. Mm -hmm. and, but I wonder, like, if, if now is the time that EXO says, I don't want to feel this anyway, anymore. Yeah. And so I'm going to put actual emotional mental work into not feeling this way anymore. And everybody in the world is probably like, oh, my God, you can't fall out of love with anyone. And every, <laughs> you know, fucking every love song is like you can't choose you love nah, 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 or whatever yep. mm -hmm. um, yep. air guitar <laughs> um, 
And while that is true to an extent, in this situation in particular, XO, you can do mental exercises. For sure. Like affirmations or mantras or, I don't know, getting on a different shift <laughs> <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> um, to help yourself. Because guess what? Here, you, are, you are right. Here are the two options. Something implodes and you get together, but you don't want to bank on that. Yeah, that's not going to happen. That's like, not going to happen. Not gonna happen. No, it's, it's not going to happen. No. Um, number two... Something naughty happens. Ooh. Ooh. No, that's not going to make feel anyone feel good. No, and you know you don't want to, you don't want to do that. And especially if you are at a point in your life where you want to seek out good, true love, you're not going to find it as an act of infidelity. Right. That's just the truth. No sure. shade, no shame, and no judgment. No, I mean, you and I have both cheated on people. I, so it feels really uncomfortable <laughs> to say that to a fucking yeah, right. group well, of people. Well, we're Gemini's, so they know it. Like Samuel! <laughs> Samuel Blackwell. That is slander and a misrepresentation of character. I object, Spencer. Cut it out. Um, anyway, should I stop yelling, Spence? <laughs> um, anyway, uh, okay, so, and then the final one is you recognize the fact that this is actually an amazing mental, or, like, a gift from the universe to show you that that type of connection exists. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. isn't it wonderful that we are, we find people that we feel emotionally compatible with. For sure. It, on the nights that we feel so lonely and, and unlovable to think back to my friendships that I care so much about, like you and big cats, mm-hmm. I feel so full emotionally. And yes, that is not the route that our hearts want to take. Our hearts are like, fuck this. I'm going to sit in the dark and cry <laughs> instead of doing the actual work to say, this is a blessing. Yep. Uh, no, right? I, like reframing is important, but it's also that. like, it's difficult to do too, especially if you're in, like you're in close, cro- close proximity to this person all of the time. Right. Like that is really challenging. Well, but, go ahead. No, but I got to say, XO, a little bit of tough love. Like if you don't want to be in this place, you got to do something to get out of it. So yes. like- it sounds to me like through this that you actually sort of want to continue to be in love with him. Ooh. Ooh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yes, and because we want, the heart wants what it wants. That's right. And I, I'm not trying to <laughs> be like an ass. Right? I'm not trying to be an asshole about it. But like, if you actually want to change the situation, something's got to change. Right. And it yes. has to be you because it's not going to be him. Would you say that something has to give? <laughs> yes. My favorite movie starring... <laughs> Jack Nicholson? <laughs> I don't know. A dog? Yeah, right, exactly. Are we talking about the right movie? I don't know. Where's Peter? I think, okay. Okay. Peter loves that movie. I'm, I believe he loves that movie. Diane, Diane Keaton. Diane Keaton, yes, and Amanda Peet. I wish Diane Keaton would stop being Diane Keaton. No, 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 no. <laughs> she stands up for what's-his-face. Oh, Woody Allen. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. All right. Anyway, tangent. Okay. I know. Diane, anyway. it's okay. People are complicated. People are complicated. They are complicated. Okay. Wouldn't it be so much easier if everyone was just like really easy? Like simple to understand? Like sexually or emotionally? I mean both. <laughs> hey. Um, yes. But I think that then we would have less, it's like peaks and valleys. Well, and our podcast would not exist. No, so no, like no, that no, no, would no. not be good. It would be like... Uh, stay together. <laughs> Just be happy. Yeah. And then we would still get like four reviews on iTunes that are like, it's impossible. Um, okay. But 
have you, so we, we've both been in this situation. For sure. What did you do to combat this? Um, I think back to like the... I feel like I just like kept coming back oh, you know until what I he did? like pity dated me, and then we <laughs> ended up living together for two years after we broke up. Oh, <laughs> hey, that's him. Just so you know. Uh huh. Yeah, he, um, he shall not be named. You know what I did? What I if told... he was here? I thought about that honestly. Like, no, what if he, he just never... showed up and I would like I don't know flee? We have like, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. We have a good wall right here of a hundred plus people. Um, you know what I did that was actually really helpful, and this is going to sound a little cliche. I told you. Oh, I was yeah. like, I, I have feelings for this person, and they are with someone. And What wise thing did I say to you? <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think this is great that it's live, because I'm going to do a facial expression. You were like this. <laughs> yeah, that's accurate. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think you just listened, and I think it, it felt good to... To vocalize it, EXO, yeah. like, I think it's good to say it out loud. So also that you have an accountability buddy, because, like, I told you so that, like, if I pursued this person, mm. you would shame me. <laughs> 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 but not in a bad way. Um, I just think, I think it made me feel seen. And yeah. I think all of us as humans just sure. want to feel seen, especially in the times like this that are complicated and hard. There's the hand dryer. Um <laughs> It's okay. It's okay. Um, I think everybody just wants a witness. Everybody want. I think that's why this podcast has somehow found its success. Success is yeah. not because you and I are perfect people or even professionals or know what the fuck we're talking about. Right. But because um, being a human is hard. Having a heart is hard. Having desires is mm-hmm. hard. And at the end of the day, we just want to feel seen. For sure. In that struggle. Yep. And I think you made me feel seen. And that was the first step in my head and artwork to put that crush yep. to bed. Well, and because there's so much shame that's also tied up in desire too, especially desire that we don't want to have. To, like as if we could control who we desire and what we want. Like right. we can we can control the way that we act on that desire, but like. But it's just so hard to talk about, like, I'm in love with my married, like, coworker because there's so much shame in that. And the shame just, like, makes it all that much more intense and awful and weird. But if, like, you can talk to a friend, XO, in the same way that you talk to us about, like, the way that you're feeling and, like, put that out in the light and say, like, yeah, I'm feeling this way. I'm not a bad person because of it. And you know what it comes down to? Yeah. Is it, it's less about this guy, although I'm sure he's fucking perfect. Yeah. Uh-huh. Don't, aren't, aren't the ones that we can't have always the most perfect? Oh, my God. Yeah, Let right? me tell like, you something. So, so he has shit his pants before. <laughs> In the recent future. I mean, That's recent right. future. Past. He you will shit know. his pants when you tell it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> what I wanted to say when I kindly interrupted my friend is... Um, it's not about this perfect guy. It's no. about the fact that you feel lonely and you feel anxiety about putting yourself out there. Yep, for so sure. So all of your anxiety is like, oh my God, look at this perfect little firefly of a man. I want to look at him instead of the whole night sky that I have access to. Right. And I'm going to think about how I don't have access to this one firefly in the jar. But in, instead of acknowledging that it's scary to look out into the big wilderness it is, yeah. and, and say, I want love. It's scary to put yourself out there. Absolutely. And that's what this is all about. <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, I think that pretty much sums it up. I think you need less advice. I think your intuitions are good. I, I think I just want to see you, XO, and, and tell you that um, 
it sucks the way you're feeling. Unrequited love is a particular type of poison. Absolutely. That you take a little of every day to not prevent yourself from dying, but it <laughs> does slowly kill you. <laughs> it does. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, Make sure that you're setting up healthy boundaries, that you don't have to work with this person, even if you like them, that your self-sacrifice of being available to this person or friendly or flirtatious, that's not going to make him leave his relationship. Mm -hmm. That's only going to make him overstep boundaries that, that you... Are, that are non-existent, right? For sure. And like how much energy are you putting into this relationship that's not going to go anywhere that you could be putting into another person or into yourself instead yeah. of fixating on this guy that you can't have? No, however yeah. wonderful he is and however deserving of all of the love that he is. Yeah. But like, what? why are you putting so much time and energy yeah. into something that's not going to happen when you could focus it instead internally on the things, on understanding what you want, understanding yeah. what you desire and actually like, moving in that direction instead of in the direction of this guy who's great, but like a butter, he's a, he's a firefly in a jar. Is that what we're calling him? (laughs) Yeah. 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 What's that fucking owl city song? Yeah. uh huh. (laughs) 10 million fireflies. Spencer, Um, why was that not on the playlist before? (laughs) Cause it wasn't about petty love. (laughs) Um, but I thought of something we were talking last note. Yeah. Um, that I think is really important for all of our letters is that love bad love, sick love, unhealthy love, unrequited love, it makes us feel like we're not in charge. Mm. And XO, you are in charge of your life. You are an active participant in this. You can make the choices. You can construct the boundaries. You can navigate through this so that nobody gets hurt and that you come out even better and more connected with yourself. For sure. And I think XO, you know what you need to do. You You all know what you you need to do. You're looking for us to give you that advice. And our advice is exactly what you think it is. Yes. which is like focus on yourself, Stay clear. focus on what you want yeah. and focus on people who are emotionally and physically available to you. Yes. Thank you for writing. <laughs> we love you. We love you. Thank you. All right. Y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Break Up virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karakal jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up.
All right, Head & Heart workers, you know I'm all about tackling our money shame and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. <laughs> Stop wasting yeah. you money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. We don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. <laughs> Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Some more champagne, yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting a little thirsty. The last letter, I'm going to be like, dump him. <laughs> this is why we don't drink when we record. Cause no, I... no. Okay. Right. Our next letter comes from Sam. Did you write in? Yes, I did. Surprise. Peter is great. That's all I need to say. Everybody give it up for Peter, who's somewhere in the building. All right. He's very tall. You can't miss him. Hi, Sam and Sierra. I found your podcast after a bad breakup and binged a bunch of old episodes. It has been so helpful and healing, and I'm grateful for you for what you do. I'm a 30-year-old female, and three months ago, I was suddenly dumped by my boyfriend of one and a half years. We were long distance for the last part of that time, and slowly after a great trip, and shortly after a great trip together for me to meet his family, he told me he had feelings for someone else, a mutual friend of ours. For a second, let's talk about for a second because that is a dumpster fire. Um, I mean, like being dumped is hard enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Sam, this we're is... already hugging you. <laughs> That's right. We went on a break and broke up about a week and a half later. I found later he. I found out later he started seeing this other girl while we were on break. Though we had agreed that that wasn't it was a okay. Break. <laughs> it was a break. Oh God! You know I've only seen like one episode of Friends in my that whole episode, life. That episode, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Things deteriorated from there, and though we tried to stay friends, he only wanted to talk to me when he needed advice from me. I also tried to stay friends with a girl he left me for. Yeah, I like. <laughs> this is so good. I know. <laughs> Um, I need you to repeat that last sentence, but I want to point out, like, we might not be able to do more live shows because we're going to cause a riot. <laughs> People are going to be in the street like, leave him! Just Boundaries! Communication! Burn it! <laughs> Sorry for yelling, Spencer. 
Okay, so I, uh, oh, I also tried to stay friends with the girl he left me for, which I thought would be better than losing both of their friendships. But Uh, is it? Yeah. (laughs) Eventually, my ex told me in a particularly harsh text, he didn't want to have any further contact and generate conflict. And I generate conflict in his relationship. So I unfriended, unfollowed both of them, both of him and his new girlfriend. Black, black, black. Black, 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 black. I know I should have cut contact with both of them before I did, but what's done is done. I could go on about the poor treatment I received for a while, but to summarize, both the breakup and the post-breakup treatment were unexpected, cruel, and undeserved. And I'm doing my best to heal from it all. Which leads me to my question. We have many mutual friends in the small town. We all want, want, whoop, sorry, Spencer. Sorry, Spencer, you're very attractive and talented. You're amazing. We have many mutual friends in the small town we once all lived in, and I still see them in the fringes of my social media. I would occasionally check her Instagram profile since it's public, though I know that that was a mistake. Sam and Sierra, they are happy. Oh. <laughs> That is, that is why we chose that letter, <laughs> that heartbreaking sentence. Right. When the person that you want to be unhappy is happy. Is, is really and happy. And in love I with know. the woman he left you for. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, it's, it's not fine. fun. They're, it's fine. They're together. Everyone in their community is happy for them. And they both got what they wanted on the back of my pain. Seeing people I know comment on how happy they are for them, knowing how cruelly they both treated me, Feels like a knife in the heart every time. We're both well loved in the community, and it seems they're they're both well loved in the community, and it seems like they're really getting a beautiful romance and lots of love and support. And I am left with all of the hurt. Mm. I know over time I'll see less and less about it, but I can't get past the injustice of it all. How is it that people who act so cruelly are rewarded with love and support? How do I go on to trust that good things come to good people? When it didn't work out that way all this time, I feel jaded and I have a hard time believing that I deserve love after the cruel treatment that was ostensibly unnoticed. Is the world of love ever fair? How do I process the feelings of victimization and resentment, or at least not let them damage my already wounded self-esteem? Is there any karma or justice for people who treat us cruelly? Ugh. I know. Sam, we love you so much. Thank, Thank you, so you so much, so much for, for writing. writing. Um, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> there isn't. There's no, there is no justice but in dating. Sam, I want you to know that there is beauty in the injustice yep. there is comfort in knowing that we have no control that the world will devastate us yep. um but we we thrive despite that not Absolutely. because of the absence of devastation but despite that and that yep. and that's where the beauty lies absolutely and um i want you to know how uh, all of our hearts are leaning to you right now in this mm-hmm. live room um, because we know what this devastation feels like. Absolutely. And, and we, we've we also been trained by society, mm-hmm. I think, to look for justice. Oh, for right? sure. Yeah. We're taught like from when we're like children of being like, you good. did this bad thing. Yes. So here's your punishment or you did this good thing. So here's your reward. And like right. there are clear rules about what's right and what's wrong as if like the world is somehow set up. I think about the fact that like, even when we are little, we are 
we're raised to think about um, good pe- good things happen to good people, bad right. things happen to bad people. If you're bad, you're gonna go to jail. Or right. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Um, I mean, I was trained to think by a very um, strange family member <laughs> to think that um, smoke people who smoke cigarettes were bad people. Oh wow. Yeah. Um, and I remember feeling that as a child. Mm-hmm. Fucking half of our family smoked. I grew up to smoke cigarettes in my 20s, right. and I was like, I'm terrible. I'm a terrible human. <laughs> you know, um, That's good. Shame is always a good thing to put I am, on yourself, you know, People for sure. say that they're 78% water, but I'm pretty sure I'm 78% shame um, <laughs> that I have to just process through. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, but anyway, Sam, my darling, my sweet, mm-hmm. um, I, uh, do you want to kick this off? And then I'm going to go into a little, Bre- you know, a little BB, Queen Brene Brown. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. I love her. I've read so many of her books. Uh, she's just so challenging and affirming at the go same time. I'm going to throw it in your face, your champagne. Yeah. So Sam, you know, we've been talking about how awful this is and, and, you know, we always, Sierra and I always talk about how the universe continues to devastate us. And like, I've actually been thinking about that a lot, uh, because like, since my dad died, like I've been thinking a lot about how the universe continues to devastate us and how like the universe throws shit at us, whether or not we're prepared for it. Um, and like, even like bad shit that's currently happening in my life. I'm just like, well, you know, yeah. I've gotten through a bunch of shit before this so I can get through this. But what I've also been thinking about recently in my grieving process is like the universe for sure continues to devastate us, but the universe is also filled with abundance, right? And it's like, yeah, horrible things happen to us. Our boyfriends cheat on us and then are very happy with their with their new girlfriends. But it's also like, there is abundance in this world. It is devastating, but it is also beautiful and full of amazing friends and full of rooms full of people that like apparently want to hear you talk for a long time, which is weird to me. Uh, And it's full of, of amazing food. And like my, my suggestion for you, Sam is in this time when it feels like the universe has given you too much shit is to find those places of abundance and turn towards them, turns away from that devastation and turn towards yeah. The things that bring you joy. And I know that's really hard. And I know that sounds like really yeah. like a stupid thing to say to someone who's going through like a horrible thing. But like, that's also stuff that I needed to hear when I was going through the worst thing that ever happened to me in my Absolutely. life was like, I didn't believe it at the time. But like now it now six months out, it's starting to sink in that like, yeah, people were right. There is an opportunity to to find places of joy and happiness despite the fact that I continue to carry this devastation with me. I think that one of the spaces of abundance that I always forget about is a space of honesty and being seen. Yeah. That they, nothing needs to be right mm-hmm. in order to feel seen. Absolutely. Right? And so there is a space of abundance in knowing that everyone in this room feels compassion for you and have ex- have experienced this, the same thing that you, or something similar that you have experienced, um, Sam, and that we all share these bleeding hearts for you because we know what that pain feels like. We know how physical it is. We know how frustrating it is. We know how it keeps you up at night. For sure. Right. Um, 
And there is abundance in the fact that you are being seen and and carried and held by a community right now. Absolutely. I think that that's why the idea of like voicing our struggles or mm-hmm. or looking for that abundance is so comforting to me because I know that I'm not alone in that, yep. that, that I am looking with a hundred other eyes, right? Yep. Yep. Or that when I can't see it, people will show it to me. For sure. And maybe that's another thing, Sam, is I don't know what your friend group looks like. I don't know what your mental health services look like. But any time that we're going through something that we feel um, that we feel limited in, or we feel like there's there's no hope, yep. when we feel devastated by what by another one of life's betrayals, mm-hmm. right? Because that's what we're talking about. It's so important to get people who can see you visibly, see you, and affirm you through this. Absolutely. So be talking to your friends, reach out to a mental health counselor or a therapist if you can. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to uh, bring our Lord and Savior, Brene Brown, into this conversation. <laughs> um, I'm going to talk about this a little later in the blind date, oh. but I, um, to center myself to get ready for today, I was fucking slapping on an eye mask and oh, I got great. my nails done. <laughs> Just break up yellow. I did too. Sam and I went and got our nails done together. If you want no, to know what our friendship looks like. It's great. Um, I paid $15 for it and it definitely looks like it. So don't look at them too closely. Yeah, what he won't tell like, you is that I paid for it. So petty little bitch. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay, okay. What I wanted to talk about is something that I learned from Brene Brown. Um, she, in a conversation that I'll talk about a little bit later, she was talking about how hard it is to extend compassion to people who hurt us. Like Mm -hmm. that is probably the steepest hill we can experience as human beings with hearts other than, I don't know, like crippling college debt. (laughs) But I'm talking like interpersonal, how to be compassionate to the people who hurt us. Mm -hmm. And there. I'm going to, and some of you are going to be like, uh, fuck compassion. And I'm going to be like, yeah, (laughs) but I want to get to a a little bit. I'm going to explain the use of compassion in this, but, um, first I want to say that, um, in this talk that Brene gave, um, she talked about, um, how they did this huge study, you know, for those of you who don't know, Brene Brown is, she's a researcher, um, super accredited, has researched for, um, or like done research in shame, uh, vulnerability, basically the human experience. So I really love it because it's the head and heart work stuff, but with like, I don't know, credentials, <laughs> right? you know, like she could actually host a podcast. Data. Yeah. yeah, no, I think she does. <laughs> um, nobody Google it though. <laughs> Stay here. <laughs> um, Anyway, so Brene was saying that she did this huge uh, study of people um, and um, about um, compassion and the people with the most compassion. Do you want to know what the number one thing, the most universal thing found or like the common denominator in the people who had the most compassionate ability? Boundaries. I know fucking BB Brene Brown mic drop. Okay. Boundaries. (laughs) The people who were most compassionate, the people who could give the most of their heart and the most of their forgiveness and the most of their understanding had strong, prominent boundaries. Isn't that fascinating? That's crazy. Yeah. Um, Okay. So continuing. um, So because of that data, they then like put it into a little action plan or an acronym, right? That's what is when it like stands for something. Yeah. Okay, and it's called BIG, 
And so when you need to be compassionate, when you need to pull out your compassion for the people who call for no compassion in your life, uh-huh. um, you, you ask yourself big, what boundaries do I need, I need to have in place so I can give generously or give generously, right? What boundaries do I need to have in place yeah. so I can give generously? And she really talks about how compassion isn't about forgiving people who don't deserve her forgiveness. It's not about fucking being friends with your fucking boyfriend's new ex. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, new girlfriend. that's some boundaries that, that need to be established. That is not compassion. That no. is self-harm. It is self-harm. Yeah. I'm not joking about that. Um, to force ourselves into relationships that have no benefit to our lives. For sure. Um, for the sake of fake niceties. Um, that's, that's betraying your own um, heart and your own morals, yep. Sam. Um, no shame. Totally did that for years. <laughs> no, for sure. And I get it. But it's also like... They're gone. Like yeah. they are gone from you are Sam. You're desperately trying to hold on to what was, and it can never exist in the way that it did before. And not even just what was, but like, oh my God, I have to be nice about this. Yeah. Girl, they devastated you. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to be nice about anything. You don't have to ever talk to these people again. That's the joy of the black, black, black is that they don't have to be a part of your life. The That's people right. who brought you suffering do not have to be a part of your day to day life. They really don't. Unless they're like a family member and there's some sort of fucked up thing there. And I'm really sorry. <laughs> I just know that sometimes family ties are a lot more complicated. For and sure. You know, sometimes the people who are closest to us hurt us in the worst ways. But anyway, so going back to the compassion thing, because I know there's people here or, or listening, thinking like, what the fuck do I owe compassion to, to the person who, you know, like, where does yeah. compassion fit into the black, 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 essentially? Yeah, good question. And it's the idea, horribly, <laughs> that we're all doing the best that we can with the knowledge and experience that we have at this moment. Yep. And that your ex, Sam, that is his best he was doing his best there. You are um, you are grieving over a potential that is not there. Yep. Right? That is his 100%. He's not giving you 70%. He's not yep. giving you 60%. Right. He's giving you his best, most polished, 100% best self. Yep. And that's where the pity and compassion come in because you're like, wow, I don't want to be with somebody whose best is that hurtful. Mm, right? Yeah. So that's where the that's where a little bit of healing comes in. But also, the, why we have to give them compassion, to, and the compassion is essentially saying, like, you're doing your best, and I'm going to leave you there to do your best, and I'm going to thrive elsewhere. Yeah. That's my definition of c- compassion for the people who hurt us. Mm-hmm. And Brene, going back to Brene, Brene says that once you accept that the person who hurt you is doing the best or did the best that they could, no matter how betrayed you feel or no how no how... No matter how sickly their best is, once you recognize that they're doing their best, you stop being angry and start the grieving process. Mm -hmm. Because anger is a front, right? Don't get me wrong. We have reasons to be angry. For sure. And anger is a fuel for so much self-empowerment. Absolutely. But anger is often a mask. And anger is often maybe like a band-aid to what the true healing that is required because we can move through i can like get over all of my breakups being angry oh yeah no it's so much fun yeah (laughs) fingers up fuck you oh my god that asshole yeah yeah Yeah. that's really easy the hard stuff the stuff under that mask of anger is the compassion for him or her or them and yourself yep and and the hard stuff is actually saying you know what i don't want to be angry anymore i don't want to carry this around I want to move on. I want to be free of this. I want to let go. I want to be free of this heartache. I don't want to be defined by this anger or this pain anymore. And this is what we're talking about, Sam, is that it's, you know, 
You could judge and be angry at this person for the rest of your life. That bucket is bottomless. We can be angry forever, but it's more important to look up out of that well, out of that bucket and say that there is growth elsewhere. You Mm -hmm. don't want to put any more anger into that anger bucket. For sure. And that's why it's important to have that conversation about how dating isn't just. There is no justice in dating. There's no justice in life. Because like, if you have this idea that justice is how dating should work, then it then it inherently makes you angry when it doesn't work out that way. And so and anger's like, not wrong. It's not. I just want to say that to my fellow like angry uh, <laughs> temper havers. Um, <laughs> anger's not wrong, but I do think it is a defense mechanism For sure. to, to, to protect us, but also to protect us from ourselves, right? Absolutely. To protect us from our own self-accountability. Yep. Like I'm going to be mad at you so I don't have to take accountability for the fact that I'm not letting myself grow through this. For sure. And and getting Super rid of self-drag on that one. <laughs> Ooh, oh, I I'm know. <laughs> I wasn't going to call you out. But, <laughs> um, yeah, but it's, yeah, that idea of justice just perpetuates the idea that like there's right and wrong and then that makes you angry. But like getting rid of that idea allows you to understand that people are just moving through this world with like blindfolds on all the time. They're right. not, they're not doing things intentionally and they're not breaking rules. They are just trying right. and fucking up and being imperfect people. And there is a space for us to be compassionate and understanding of the people who hurt us yeah. because it, it, and in the end, eventually will heal us more than just being like, well, he should have done this. And this was the rule and this and this, because there are no rules. There are We're all no just like rules. figuring things out as we go along. The person who hurt you the most is out there being really happy with someone else right now. For sure. And guess what? Their love is good, true love. Mm. And that's the fucked up shit. <laughs> is that the person who is toxic and terrible is capable of good, true love with other people. That's right. Ugh, I hate him. I'm, ta- I'm thinking about someone very specific. <laughs> Sierra, so let's talk about anger. Anger. And I'm injustice. I'm fine. Um, I just wasted two years of my life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sam, this is just meant to be like an accountability moment. Yeah, you, you didn't know. waste them. You learned from them. I'm going to puke on you. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is why I love doing this work with Sam, because we both are equally really into the self-help world and also think it's like cliche as shit. <laughs> so we're always like, oh my God, that quote's so good, but it makes me want to vomit. Yeah. I can't believe I said that out loud. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So Sam, um, I think I just want to close um, with me and the OG Sam in saying just uh, how much this hurts and how yep. it's okay for your heart to hurt. For sure. Your heart hurting isn't you denying yourself growth. I just want to say that, that mm. you're not... You're allowed to hurt and grow at the same time. You're yep. allowed to hurt and postpone growing as long as you're ready to show up for yourself in the future in that bold and honest way. For sure. Um, this type of pain, it's 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 not going to go away over overnight. Absolutely. But it, it, it's little steps like blocking, like understanding um, where your anger is coming from, like mm-hmm. saying out loud, I don't want a love that is as inadequate as that. Absolutely. And, and slowly saying those affirmations to yourself, I promise you, Sam, it's going to get easier. Thank you, Sam. We love you. Thanks for writing. <laughs> okay. This final letter is from CO, who is writing to us from 612, which is the Minneapolis area code. Are you here? 
Um, okay. Hi, diving in. Okay, so my last two relationships with he hims have been kind of devastating. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um with the no, I shouldn't laugh because oh, trigger warning for stalking. I should yes. say that. Yep. Um, I found out that he, this, well, let's laugh first before we get into the serious stuff. <laughs> um, with the first, I found out he was married, Ooh. but separated. And then that emoji that's looking up, you know, like, yeah. Um, I found out that he was married via Facebook, Ugh, red flag, number one, question mark. And he admitted it and explained their situation. He had moved here to be with his brother and make more money, whatever. All those details don't matter since what he did was wrong. The important information for you to know is that once I kind of sort of came to my senses and had the ovaries to leave him, the drama (laughs) intensified. (laughs) And there was already plenty of drama before that. Uh, Let me know if you want to grab coffee. (laughs) He became, quote, stalkery and kind of obsessive. He started coming to my place unannounced uh, called and messaged me constantly Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, WhatsApp, etc. I blocked him on all of the things I did more than a person should have to do. Yes, you did. I felt out of control, really hurt and afraid. Then one night I woke up at 4 a.m. to someone at my bedroom window. I lived on the first uh. floor. It was August. I had the window open. Since he had been acting so horribly and so possessively, I assumed it was him, but I didn't want to let him win. I rolled off my bed onto the floor and grabbed my phone. I was going to dial 911 until I realized before I realized, excuse me, I was going to, I love you, Spencer. (laughs) I was going to dial 911 before he realized so they could catch him and this nightmare could be over and I would regain control. Unfortunately, when I turned my phone on, the screen lit up and this person went around to the other window and shined their flashlight on me. I yelled that I was going to call the police and then I ran into my bathroom and closed the door. I called the police. They said, said they'd send someone, and I waited until the sunrise to call my mom. Even writing this after three-plus years is intense. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it turns out whoever what, uh, this was had been cutting the screen while I was asleep. Uh. I know. I feel physically... Uh, I have chills. Um, okay. Um, being at my window had sent me into a maddening outrage. Cutting the screen added paranoia to the mix. I felt 100% out of control and worried for my life. My mom took me downtown, and we were granted an order for protection. Long story short, the OFP did nothing. He still called. He still texted. He had friends deliver roses and contact me. He still bothered me electronically. And let's talk about offline about how OFPs do shit sometimes, and it's super problematic. Go get shit from Tubman. Support that organization. Sorry, continuing. Um, I told the police about it, took screenshots, but the police could never prove it was him. Quote, did you answer your phone? No. Then it could be anyone calling from his number. Type of bullshit. Yeah. I asked my friends to talk. I asked my friends to talk with him. I asked his friends to talk with him. His friends sided with him. Just so typical macho bullshit, disgusting and disturbing. Nothing, uh, nothing. Nobody knew what was going on. He was nice and, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Spencer, everybody say, Spencer, you're a babe. Everybody say, sorry for objectifying you. (laughs) 
Nothing seemed to help. My life went on. The contact let up a little. I eventually contacted his brother and let him know what's going on. He was nice and he helped a little. Fast forward to a year, a few years and a lots of therapy later. I wanted to try dating again and I met someone. He seemed fun, cuddly, and attractive. I was jaded, but as one of my therapists told me... Wait, wait, time out. Yeah. <laughs> time out. Uh, side note, are you triggered by really cuddly people like people who are really like okay no offense to people out there but uh, I love cuddling but I mean like people who are really good at massage and want to do it right away <laughs> yeah no that's definitely not fun for me <laughs> no, no 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 I mean like I'm always like yeah touch me but uh, because I have like a fucked up back and I am very emotionally needy um, <laughs> but it's they write, um, he seemed funny, cuddly, and, and active, and I instantly think of all of my awesome uh, theater friends. <laughs> no offense to theater people out there, I was a theater kid. Um, all right, continuing. I was jaded, but as one of my therapists um, has told me, we only heal relationships in relationships. So even though I felt damaged... I thought it was worth a shot and that maybe he would be supportive. Okay, T.O., do you agree with that? Mm. <laughs> I am not a therapist and I have no licensure, so like maybe they know better than me, but that I, seems wrong. This is where I agree with it, is that I think you learn how to love by loving. True. Right? And so you learn how to heal by healing. Yeah. Like, you, nobody is like, here's a textbook on fucking trauma. Here's, I'm on page seven. What about you? For sure. Um... So I think that is a poorly phrased yeah, ideology, maybe I, I get it. Yeah, okay. meaning I think that the therapist, the professional should have said, <laughs> um, you're not, you, you're never going to feel ready. Right. It's probably, um, time to put yourself out there and see how it feels to rebuild trust in a new relationship. Somebody want to give me a master's degree? Yeah, seriously. Also <laughs> spoiler. That's going to be our advice. Continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Moving on. So this is guy two after the terrible stalker. On our first hangout, he mentioned that he was living with his ex. Great. Oh, no. He's being honest. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, um, and I just assumed that this almost 10 year older than me man would be responsible enough not to get into something with me if he shouldn't. I hope the man is here tonight. Wouldn't that be crazy? It's okay. No judgment. Everybody's on a journey. Not That's all right. We're all trying mine. the best that we can with the tools and resources we have available to us. <laughs> Okay. Unfortunately, this is the best. Unfortunately, being older doesn't mean you any wiser. <laughs> I was blinded by a new opportunity, new positive feelings, new love, hope, and desperation for a new story in my head. Anyway, long story short, he was done with his ex, but she wasn't. She ended up coming to my house and knocking on the windows. Literally the most triggering thing she could have ever done. This dude ended up being very controlling, judgmental, and not a good match. All things considered, we did for a year. <laughs> oh, me too, girl. And um, I actually have him to thank for realizing that I don't deserve those things in a relationship. You're right. Hashtag silver lining. Um, we've been broken up for 2.5 months. Our breakup was the best birthday present I have ever given myself. <laughs> <laughs> the other sticky silver line is, the other silver lining to our icky relationship was that he actually called my stalker dude's friend and kind of scared him off hopefully stalker dude thinks that I'm still partner up with another macho dude and doesn't come fuck with me anymore so 
I'm in my late 30s. I'm single. All my peers are partnered or, par- or parenting um, and or parenting. I've got some raw and recent trauma, and I feel a little like a turd in a punch bowl. <laughs> I'm, I'm mostly happy with where I'm at and proud, but I also feel embarrassed, ashamed, and a little concerned for my future. I've tried getting on OkCupid, and the, the idea of dating just irks me. I know that we need to separate what's happened in the past from what is happening right now, but I just don't know how. The risks seem too high, and I'm not sure I trust myself to pick a new mate or that I trust potential mates for that matter. I'm terrified of things repeated from the past and feel helpless and out of control again. I'm not sure I want to date, but I don't want to end up alone either. What if my healing takes so long that I'm not fertile anymore? I don't even know if I want babies, but what if? What if my healing is super really hard and I take it all out on someone who doesn't deserve it? What if I end up dating someone to just date someone so I don't feel left out? I know I'm a catch, but I'm also not at my best, and I have a lot of pent-up aggression, distrust, and ugly feelings towards men in general. How do you date men if you hate men? (laughs) (laughs) Haha, damn, I don't know, date not men? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Just kidding. I've been working on depression and anxiety, and like I said, I'm proud and feeling better of all of the years, but... Am I okay? Have other 30-somethings fucked up this bad? Is there a rainbow on the other side of this shit pot? Can I realistically expect to have healthy relationships after all this mess? Also, is it okay to date while I'm still dealing with all of this? It feels unfair to ask other people to deal with it too. I just discovered Just Break Up a few months ago, and it's helped to give me a lot of perspective and reassurance. Thanks so much for putting your words and feelings out there. So many of us appreciate it. There's so much more I could add and contextualize, but I think I'll stop while I'm uh, somewhat ahead. So I'll appreciate your help and love. Oh, we love you, CO. Yeah, thank you so much for writing. Yeah. Um, I don't even know where to get started in this letter because I think I just so want to take a it. really big, deep breath. Yeah. Because there's a lot in that letter, and there's a lot of um, triggering things, and mm-hmm. not just the um, the uh, dating violence. Um, but that CO you, I'm going to call you C, um, you touched on, um, I think the, the root of so many people's hearts, um, their fear, their fear. Uh, I got choked up reading the line. I'll do it again. (laughs) I get choked (laughs) up thinking about, um, being too old to have children and, um, feeling like not just the not just having children because there's so many ways to be a parent. And I have reconciled that in my heart and my body. Mm-hmm. Um, but that it is a really heavy and paralyzing thing to feel like we made mistakes that will limit our future happiness. For sure. That is paralyzing. Absolutely. And I think it's something that we think about not just in relationships or in like parenting. Like I think that, that idea of my past self has so limited my future self that what is the point of even trying? Yeah. Like is something that, that we teach ourselves to think, to, to focus not only on the way, the mistakes that we've made in the past, but also in the limit, limited nature of our future, instead of moving into that present and being focused on what we have in front of us, what we can control, what we can move towards with intention instead of, 
thinking about the things that we can't control, which is our future and our past. Yeah. Because just like your anxiety and your depression, your trauma's narrative is that you deserved it and it's yeah. going to be like this forever. For sure. That's what the voice of trauma says. Yep. And the, the head and heart work in this situation, in addition to just living life, right. Um, is to disempower that trauma's voice Mm -hmm. to take it off of its pedestal to um, eventually block it out with all the goodness and abundance in your life. But see, I want you to know that everyone in this room and Sam and I, um, we're so sorry that this happened to you. Absolutely. You did not deserve it. Nobody deserves to be, to feel afraid um, of the person that uh, is supposed to feel loving towards them and is a hundred percent unacceptable. And I know, you know, this because you've done the work, but I know that there is a part of you that feels like if you had done things differently, it wouldn't have happened. Mm -hmm. And that reality doesn't exist. And I don't need, I don't want you to spend any more time imagining a world in which this didn't happen. Um, because it's not your fault. There's nothing you could have done. This person is broken, not you. This person made the inappropriate decisions, the hurtful decisions. That person has their brokenness to contend with. You just have to deal with your own heart, your safety, how you thrive. Absolutely. Um, But fuck that guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, seriously. And also, see, I, it, like... I love, um, there are many men in my life I love so much, and there's many men in this room that I love, um, and I love particularly the men that show up to the head and heart work, um, combating toxic masculinity, combating um, rape culture, um, and and really being there to have um, hard, vulnerable, uncomfortable conversations, because it is uncomfortable Mm -hmm. um, to be accountable to uh, true... um, I was going to say justice, but there's no justices there. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Mixed messages. That's all right. That's what we do. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, I think the first thing I want to say is, or the 17th thing I want to say, <laughs> is you said the funny thing about, like, um, will, is there a rainbow at the end of this shit pot? Mm-hmm. And I want to shift your thinking a little um, because so much of head and heart work is not changing things, For sure. but actually um, rearticulating things or changing your perspective. Like mm-hmm. you're not actually, your life is not going to look that different. You are going to feel different. Absolutely. You are going to act different. You are going to um, enable yourself to have better boundaries, but your life will, you have the same tools, For sure. right? You have all the tools that you need. But so what I'm trying to get at is, is there a rainbow at the end of the ship pot? The ship pot is the rainbow. <laughs> to say but that is the reality for sure that this shit pot you can't you can't take any of this shit back to the store and exchange it no right there is a rainbow here it is not it is healing is not linear healing is not a journey that you go on that has a that it's not like a a finish line right um healing is a lifestyle Healing is a state of mind. Mm-hmm. Healing is a way that you wake up and show up to yourself. Yep. Right. And so that is the rainbow is like you wrap all that shit up in a rainbow. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> like a little like a uh, rainbow wrap shit turd. <laughs> yeah. Episode title. Episode title for sure. <laughs> oh God. We're not uh, going to lose episode. Yeah. No. And I think it's true that we spend so much time trying to make ourselves perfect before we set out on the journey for the thing that we want. It's like, 
No, I have to be 100% healed before I will be ready for a good, true relationship. Yeah. And the fact is, is that, first of all, none of us are ever fully healed. Uh-uh. Secondly, wait, no wait, wait, one... Wait, 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 actually, no, say it. Sorry. Secondly, no one else in the world is ever fully healed. And right. so we are all just people trying to figure out how our unhealed selves can come together in a way that is meaningful for us and that and that brings us joy and brings us happiness. Can you expound upon that? Like what? Can you expunge <laughs> upon that or whatever? Use the wrong word. Um, what do you mean by that? That like how does that ideology live in your body that we're not all fully healed? Uh, because we are all constantly going through an understanding of the things that have happened to us constantly. Like you can never look at the trauma from the same perspective more than once, right? You can always learn something different about the things that you have been through and the way in which that is affecting how you move through the world. And actually healing, a constant state of healing, constantly being unhealed is a good thing because it keeps us from being static people who are in their mindset, are in the way that they think, are only meeting with the certain type of person and thinking the certain type of way. If you are constantly in the process of healing the things that have happened for you, then you are learning, you are growing, you are meeting new people and gaining new perspective that you wouldn't if you were like, no, I'm healed. Crushing I'm 100% healed. It. Fucking crush that. <laughs> Give it up for Sam Blackwell. <laughs> <laughs> write a book we will come out like here's here's me i'm gonna put it out in the universe we're gonna come up with a we're gonna come out with a just breakup advice book someday yeah any uh, random house publisher in the- yeah, right. cheers to <laughs> cheers that, that self-published ebook three dollars no, 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 on no, no, amazon no, no. it's actually about a tyrannosaurus rex romance novel i'm wet <laughs> You guys don't know, but I love Jurassic Park. It's one of my, like, top favorite movies. No, honestly, when we were getting manicures today, Sierra suddenly stopped talking to me. And I was like, what is happening? And on the TV, there was, like, an advertisement for the new Jurassic Park ride. I thought it was a new movie. I thought it was a new movie. And I was like... No, seriously. She was like, blah, blah. I was like, what? I just love it so much. They're so nostalgic and they're so fun. Even the shitty new ones. Yeah. I love them all. And everybody knows how I feel about Jeff Goldblum. That's right. Mm. Huge boner for JB. JG? Yes. <laughs> Jeff Boner Goldblum. <laughs> JBG. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Okay. <laughs> Jeff, my I love. I don't remember how we even started okay. talking about this. But see, um, moving back, uh, <laughs> I want to reiterate something Sam said um, and or like ex- expound upon it, mm-hmm. which is that um, there is a big lie out there in the world, in romantic comedies, in, in our general socialization, in our culture, that someone will be perfect for us. Yeah. And that when we find them, everything is going to be perfect. Yes, there is the honeymoon stage, but how long does the honeymoon stage last? A week? I don't know. <laughs> you pessimist in bastard. In my experience, I'm like... Sam's like, we called it once, I'll see you in seven years. <laughs> That's right. Second date, six don't months after me. the first one. <laughs> um, but so, and I say that... Um, for you to not lower your standards of the people you're dating um, or looking for, but to turn inward again, we are always 10 
thousand times harder on ourselves than we ever would be on our friends, Mm -hmm. on our loved ones, on our family members, on fucking strangers. See, we give more compassion and understanding and have lower expectations from strangers than we do of ourselves. And this is all to say, you don't have to be perfect to go find someone. And oftentimes when we find some, not that I'm, I'm not against, I'm not against taking time to like um, build yourself up before you become a a partner with someone or like become involved. But I would say that what is our purpose on on earth if not to see each other through this madness? Absolutely. Right. What is our purpose on earth if not to be seen and to see others? Mm -hmm. And I mean that in the deepest fucking realest way is that like, it's not just that I see you, Sam, Gemini um, friend, but that I see you as a human yeah. um, who makes mistakes, yeah. who is fallible, who is imperfect, but also perfect because of all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that uh, that is that is one of the great joys of my life is that I have relationships in which I can be seen. And I, I think that was the foundation of our friendship always yeah. is that I felt like we... Um, we could see each other through the shittiest of shits. Oh, for sure. And we could tell each other shit that we did that we felt shame about and have someone Let's be like... Let's just do a, have a moment of silence for all the secrets Sam knows about me. Okay, so one. <laughs> okay. Um, and the, um, I, okay, I just want to say something that sounds like stupid, but dating people just to date people is what dating is <laughs> genius <laughs> and so put it on a bumper sticker yeah, right? uh so see i just want to affirm for you that like there's nothing wrong with you just like going on dates with people and trying them on for size like that right. is what dating right. is just like do it put yourself out there you're not using people by going on dates with them right, right? like you would be using them if you were like oh and in a relationship and like wanted to get your rocks off but like if you're just going out there to like hang out and try things on, there's that's not a bad thing to do. Try that is how people on. date. What? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, see, uh, also, I think Sam makes a great point is that dating people to date people is dating, right? That right. we all do this. Yep. Um, that we learn how to love by loving people. Healing is a constant state. And I forgot the point that I was going to make. That's great. Good. It was a good point regardless, mostly because you just reiterated what I said and said it was a good thing to say, so. Yeah, that is what we call a segue. (laughs) What was I going to say? Dating people, trying people on, um, being, oh, oh my God, see, you are not a burden. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that You are not a burden. Being a, quote, unhealed uh, person who has experienced trauma in their life, that does not make you an anomaly, that doesn't no. make you a freak, and that does not make you a boundary. I mean, uh, a boundary. Boundary. Burden? I was on a fucking roll there. <laughs> I know, I was then, gonna, like, put it, like, I, type it champagne. up. This is champagne! Um... That does not make you a burden. No. You are you do not have to show up to these first dates apologetic. For sure. You are not an apology. You are not something to be ashamed of. Yep. In fact, if that person that you eventually get that good true love with doesn't have their own skeleton of trauma, then they're lying to you. Mm, yeah. Or it just hasn't happened yet. <laughs> I'm not kidding, right? Like, uh, how many people here have experienced something that is hard to tell a 
their partner, you know, or like that they feel ashamed, you know, to bring to that first date, right? And for me, for so long, for me, it was that I struggled with mental health and and self-harm when I was really younger. And I was so afraid that, like, how do I get naked in front of my partner? Or Mm -hmm. how do I tell them that this is what I've struggled with? My coworkers, my family members, I felt so much shame. I felt like I was this dirty little secret. And see, I know you relate. I know you know what that feels like, even though none of this was your fault, even though you've gone to therapy, you've done the head and heart work to know that all that both of those men were um, inadequate on so many levels. I know that you feel a great um, concern and self-consciousness about bringing your quote unquote baggage for sure to a new relationship. And everybody just like raise a glass and say, fuck the word baggage. (laughs) Fuck the word baggage. Because I'm just thinking of this now. Mm-hmm. This is why I love this podcast. <laughs> and this is why I love sitting and talking to you. Um, isn't that so fucking uh, shamey? Yeah, and also like baggage is the thing that you bring with you to like bring things. And if you to don't have baggage, place. like what are you a bubble person? No, like what are you doing? Are you just wandering? no offense to bubble people? I'm sorry. <laughs> You're just like wandering around the world, like completely unburdened. Like yeah. No, that's dumb. And you know what that is? Oh, my God. You know what that is? People without baggage, it is a product of, of, of constructs like toxic masculinity yep. that tell you that you cannot express yourself, right? Absolutely, And yep. you're like, oh, my God, I don't have any baggage, whatever. But really, that stuff gets pent up and turns into stalking, turns into yep. physical violence. It turns into mental health and suicide. For How sure. many... Men, do we know, love you men, how many men do we know that feel like they have to man up and take it sure. and not actually talk about the shit that we all experience yep. on a deep human level that hurts us, that's confusing, that's challenging, yep. but they have been conditioned their whole life because of the expectations of gender and masculinity to just fucking man up and take it. For sure. That's right. Exactly. Crumple up a crumple up a letter. Right. And so see what I want to say to you is like the fact that you have worked through this already puts you at a better place to be ready to be in relationship. Like you are coming with your baggage, but your baggage is like neatly arranged at this point. You like know where everything is. You're like, oh yep, that's coming up for me right now. And here's why. And here are the tools and that we're I gonna, need to work through. You don't need it. this, but we're fantastic. gonna give you permission to talk about it. Yeah. Like if you're triggered, if you want to, if you want to be transparent, we're going to say you can do that because guess what? It's better to do it up front than later because you're going to feel much more free, right? You're going to be, feel much more authentic For sure. moving into this new time of, of your life in which you are unafraid of being yourself and putting yourself out there to be vulnerable, to experience love. You're just going to say, this is my experience. And if you can't handle it, I don't want you. Uh-huh. It's like, think about it as a job, you know, um, like an employer is going to like, look at your, if you're like, if you're the employer and you're like, I need you to be able to handle anxiety, depression, and you're going to be able to um, support me if I need support during this trauma thing. And the person you're, you're trying to hire is like, well, I was a barista once <laughs> and I was taught by my family to never talk about my feelings and that trauma isn't real. Go Trump or whatever. Um, <laughs> oh, this is not a political podcast. You're right. Um, <laughs> but I wouldn't hire that person. Right. For sure. We have so much healthier boundaries in places like, I don't know, work. I mean, sometimes. (laughs) Hypothetically. Okay, (laughs) I'm going on a tangent. Um, See, I want to end this letter um, by, like, bringing it down a notch and talking about really um, 
this fear that I know that a lot of people have mm -hmm. about running out of time, yep. about um, feeling different. And you asked if other 30-year-olds feel like they fucked up this much. And I just want to make a loud and resounding yes. <laughs> For sure. Yes, see. Yep. So yep. many of us, all of us, <laughs> truly. Truly. And, and what's the most important thing for you to internalize right now is that the idea of fucked upness is different for each person. Absolutely. Every person feels like they've fucked up, mm -hmm. right? Every person carries a chunk of shame around and feels like they um, don't deserve the success they have or they're never going to get it or they deserve this sick, unhealthy love or that they, you know, I don't know. I still think about like I kind of screwed over a college roommate. And I still think about it. I still feel bad. I forgive you for that. 78% shame, I swear to God. Thank you, Sam. You're welcome. Um, and so I just want you to say, or, excuse me, I just want to say to you, C, as like, honestly, as another 30-something-year-old, a child, this person who, who does want to have children someday mm -hmm. in some capacity, um, who happens to be in love by the grace of whatever weird world we live in mm -hmm. that I am you and that I have felt this shame and anxiety that you're feeling. And I don't necessarily want to offer any solutions. I just want to see you absolutely and say that there is a, a lot of pressure on, uh, I'm going to speak specifically about women right now. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot of pressure on women and the biological clock is a real weird thing. <laughs> I'm like, I'm 20 and I'm like, this isn't real. And then I turn 30 and I'm like, Oh my God, <laughs> time is passing. Um, I feel a little self-conscious talking about this because I just want you all to know that like I would be widely open to adoption and that sure. like actually having a biological child is like a very bad thing to do the, for the environment. And, <laughs> you know, I just want, and, and I also know that I also know that like, you know, uh, not all women can have children and yep. all, not all, um, you know, I just want to like do like a general PC blanket over this statement. Yep. But I want to say to see that as one Another 30-year-old woman, um, your letter really struck a chord in me, and I know that it's going to strike a lot of chords out there. Mm -hmm. um, and to you and to all the people out there, um, men, women, non-binary, whoever, who are feeling like they are not just floating through life, but they're, they're on a current in the wrong direction and then don't know how to write it, mm -hmm. um, that you're not. That, that that your life is it right now, mm -hmm. um, that there is abundance around you, even if it feels overwhelming, um, and that I am not here to offer solutions for your social life. Well, technically, I am on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that you are worthy. You have purpose, whether you have children or not. Mm. You are worthy, and you have purpose and a place in this world, whether you have love or not. Yep. You are worthy. You have purpose in this world. Even if people made you feel like you didn't, mm -hmm. even if they took that purpose and worthiness from you, that is a lie that our trauma tells us. Yep. It was never gone. It's always there. Yeah. Um, and I just want to see you in that anxiety and, and shout out to my fellow 30 year olds. Um, because that anxiety is real. Absolutely. Yeah. You can applaud that 30 year olds. <laughs> Um, it really, it really spoke to me. Yeah. Um, 
I want to, last thing I'll say about the 30-year-old thing, and, and this goes to anyone I know, but when I got out of my last relationship, mm-hmm. um, I remember saying to Sam, I just don't want to do this all again. Yep. Yep. And I think that's the feeling that you get. We get that after any breakup, but particularly when you're older, you think like, fuck, man, like, I just don't want to be another 30-something-year-old on Tinder, or I don't want to have to explain all this quote-unquote baggage, or mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't want to, it's exhausting, and, and I think that's why I don't want to offer solutions in this particular segment. I just want to, like, see you, see, yeah. Yeah. and say, like, this is tiring, it's worth it, mm-hmm. the best growth happens in discomfort, um, but I, I see you in this space, particularly. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We love you, see. I want to end on like a one. I want to just give some love first. Okay. Yeah. If that's okay. Yeah. Because I like ended on like a, we're all alone. (laughs) Our ovaries are dying. (laughs) Yeah, but we see each other. So (laughs) like, that's all that really matters. Right. Um, you're worth, you're worth getting to know. Maybe we should just say that. Yeah. We want to get to know you. Six one two or, uh, thank you so much for writing. Yeah. Thank you. We love you. We love you. Sorry to interrupt you. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to get into, we're on a little bit of, not a time crunch, but um, I want to wrap this up in the next 15 minutes. So we're going to read this letter, then we're going to get into the end of the episode. Um, Great. So this is a letter from somebody in the audience. Um, I want to hear from, who are you? What is your name? I can't remember. Guarded Heart, are you here? Guarded Heart, Guarded Heart. Do you want to come up here or no? Yeah, okay. Okay, <laughs> um, okay I'm going to read your letter really fast for the sake of brevity. Um, hi, Sam and Sierra. I know that everyone says this, but I have to add my voice to the chorus of the people that tell you you're wonderful and amazing because it is true. Your friendship glows and your advice is thoughtful and helpful to so many people. I'm a 22-year-old cis woman, and I've never dated anyone. I just graduated college. And while the fact that I've done this great thing, yay, for getting uh, through the, those four years learning and having my diploma is something to celebrate, I feel really daunted at the prospect of taking up dating now that I'm out of co- the college bubble. I know, even as I write this letter, that this is a a way more common experience than I think it is, but even still, I found it hard to shake this belief that I've got from various forms of media over the past years that while for sure, for sure, high school dating wasn't in the cards for me, I'd blossom in college. Psych, <laughs> custom college blossoming, custom college <laughs> blossoming wasn't in my particular deck of cards either. My mom tells me. <laughs> My mom tells me that I give off a very, quote, I don't need you vibe. Oh, my God. Me too, girl. (laughs) Which is probably true. You don't. Um, I mean, you don't need them. (laughs) Uh, I'm very independent, and I like that about myself. Some of my guy friends in college told me that, quote, no one is good enough for me, which really annoyed me because it set me up on this weird pedestal, side note. Um, Just had to literally Google that word, how to spell it. Um, I was also an English major, and I have a memory of Sierra struggling to pronounce it. In an earlier episode, feel like a kindred spirit. Yes, I said pedestal. <laughs> like poop. Um, my lack of dating experience has uh, more likely has something to do with the fact that my heart is really guarded until I was 15. When my parents got divorced, I grew up uh, with a father who was emotionally abusive. I'm working on healing from that trauma I experienced growing up, shout up to therapy. Um, as a result of my childhood and seeing my mom go through such a difficult uh, experience in her marriage, I keep myself really closed off from people um, who 
people who might be interested in me romantically because I am afraid of getting hurt and I don't uh, want to feel like my power or agency is being disrespected or taken away from me. Mm. And I have a super low tolerance for bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess my question is, what would you tell yourself if you were, if you were about to embark on the journey that is dating from the fir- for the first time at 22 years old? How do I go into it with an open mind and balance um, having healthy boundaries and independence without being too guarded? XOXO guarded heart. Wow. That's Sam, great. you want to take that, yeah. you frigid bitch? <laughs> well, yeah, I say that lovingly. Me. Um, yeah, so I mean, this is, I think this is like the fundamental question that, that we have to ask ourselves when we are putting ourselves out there for people. It's like, what is the difference between being guarded and what is the difference between establishing boundaries? Like, yeah. what does actual vulnerability yeah. look like in a way that also protects me and my heart and my peace. Yes. Um, and I think um, having standards is great. And actually uh, being able to put up boundaries is actually really healthy. And the fact that people have called you out on that and the fact that people have been like, oh, well, you come across as being not like someone who needs people is actually maybe a level of maturity that people aren't necessarily able to understand when you are in high school and college. Like it might be possible that people are just expecting you to immediately throw yourself at their feet when that's not what you want to do. So I would say, don't take that, that insult that may have gotten hurled at you as an insult. And instead be like, no, maybe I am someone who doesn't need someone. Maybe I am someone who asks for people to show up in a way that is good for me. And I think that that's actually a good thing to have those boundaries and to have those expectations of people and don't let people try and bring those out of you. Yeah. I also want to say that there is someone out there who loves all of those things about you. For sure. You don't have to change the things about you that makes you you and strong and authentic to become, quote, unquote, more dateable. For sure. Unless you're like a killer. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, you're going to date a lot of people who aren't ready for that type of attitude, who are going to be like, wow, you didn't immediately begin fixing me pancakes every morning. Like, what the fuck? I don't like this. And those people are just going to let you grow more and lo- learn more in order to get to the point where you know exactly what you want and you know exactly how to answer, ask for it. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for writing in. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right, that brings us to the end of the episode. Every episode, we shout out something we want to send you home with. We call it our blind date. This week, we want to set you up with... Something that I can't remember the name of. Woohoo! <laughs> it is Russell Brandt's... Brandt's? Brandt. Uh, podcast. Um, uh, I can't... I'm sorry, but Google <laughs> Russell Brandt and Brene Brown. There is a there is a one-hour and 20-minute episode of them talking. It sounds really long, but it reminded me, honestly, of our podcast mm-hmm. um, and made me think, like, oh, dang, maybe I would listen to our podcast if I didn't make it. Uh-huh. Um, I don't really like talk radio. Anyway, um... <laughs> Um, that's where I pulled all those awesome things about boundaries and compassion from it. It's just a really fantastic thing. Uh, and again, it's from our Lord and Savior, Brene Brown and, and them bouncing off each other. I thought was very profound, um, and super informed. I thought they were both really excellent. So that's my blind date for the date. YouTube, Russell Brandt and Brene Brown. (laughs) That's my blind date. No title. Yeah, Yeah. Great. Great. All right. Uh, thank you all for listening. And thank you all to this amazing audience who's here supporting us. 
you all make this podcast happen. <laughs> yes. It is not about Sierra and me. It is about all of you and all of the love and light that you bring into this world and bring into these conversations. So we cannot thank you enough for being here and for listening every week or however often you listen. We're just so excited to look out on this audience and all of your smiling faces and just in awe of the work that you do. I want to say too, I want to say that um, I know that we've read all of your wonderful messages online and in the letters and those words really do fill us up. And I just want to say from the bottom of my little poetic heart that um, we feel seen by you all too. We, this work that Sam and I love to do and love to do with and for you, um, we do because we believe in this greater, more vulnerable world. Absolutely. And the fact that you are all showing up for it and encouraging us and supporting us and supporting our Patreon and coming to the show, um, it makes me believe in the world and it makes me yep. feel really seen in our messed up shit and <laughs> right. all of our problems. I, and, and I want to say that the podcast is making us both better better people. Oh, for sure. And we're just so grateful. Uh, we had, again, we had the goal of having a hundred listeners and there are more than a hundred people in this audience right now. Crazy. Tonight. Um, so, <laughs> um, let's, not, let's just skip it yeah. and go to the, uh, can you well, affirm us please? <laughs> no, we got, um, if you have not already, please subscribe. Please like us on in, on anything. Give us a five-star rating or review. Give us a hug. Say hi to us. I want to say a quick couple thank yous. Um, I want to say thank you to the volunteers who showed up today and helped with the merch table. They're going to be checking you out if you want to buy some merch. I want to say thank you to Eden, Emily, Melissa, and Liv. I also want to say thank you to Blythe, our fantastic host. I want to give one more last shout out to Spencer Big Cats, our fantastic um, producer and great friend. Um, I want to say really quickly that this is an all ages show. We uh, first we want to say thank you to Honey and to John for booking us. Thank you to everybody. Thank you to the tech people. Um, if this, if you are. 21, if you are younger than 21, you have to leave before the next show that happens here tonight. I'm sorry, but the next show is 21 plus, and that is something, uh, in order to have it all ages, we made this agreement. So, um, you know, get your picture, buy some merch, um, and then have a really wonderful, safe ride home. Um, uh, yeah. And remember, <laughs> life is about showing up. Life happens when you show up and you all chose and are choosing to show up, to lean in, to stay even if it's uncomfortable, to look at yourself even when it's hard. And that work is the type of work that changes the world. But more importantly, that work is the work that leads you to a deeper, more authentic understanding of yourself and that person who you were that person who was small who swallowed yourself who didn't have boundaries who didn't speak up that person is gone that person does not exist anymore and you right now here as is have all of the tools right now in your toolbox to become the person that you have always been you are not going to be afraid anymore you are not going to lean away. You are going to show up. You're going to lean in here tonight. Thank you. And if all else fails, just break up. <laughs>